Shabaiti, everyone, and welcome to Radio Okpop Talk. I'm your host, Rachna. This is the podcast that crisscrosses the globe, talking to the pioneers in the world of folk art, to the changemakers in travel and tourism, and to the innovators in remote communities. Broadcast from our weaving studio on the banks of the Mekong in beautiful Luang Prabang, we travel the world to meet artisans and creatives from Tashkent on the Silk Road to the Berber villages in Morocco's Middle Atlas, from the Quechuan Highlands in Peru to the colorful silk weaving villages in the misty mountains of Laos. We bring you a series of conversations that delve into the minds of these custodians of culture. All aboard, let's go. Sabaidi everyone, welcome back to Radio Okpap Talk. As many of you know, Radio Okpap Talk is a project of Okpap Talk. And today we're in Luang Prabang, having a chat with Okpap Talk's co-founder, Joanna Smith, about another project, the Village Weavers Project. But first, a little background. Joe is an English photographer and artist who first traveled to Laos in the mid-1990s on assignment. Enthralled with Lao textiles, she decided to stay on and together with Veomani Duangdala, a local weaver, she started Okpaptok. Okpaptok means East meets West. It's a social enterprise collaborating with Lao women weavers to provide income opportunities, to bring value to local textiles, and to empower women. We work with a group of weavers based in Luang Prabang, all of whom live in a nearby village called Ban Pong Sai, close to our living craft center on the banks of the Mekong River. We also collaborate with about 500 village-based artisans from 17 different ethnic groups in 15 provinces across Laos. We refer to this collaboration collectively as the Village Weavers Project. Joe will tell us about a spontaneous road trip into the remote jungle valleys of northeastern Laos, which inspired the project, and how this project has evolved into a successful model for village-based collaborations. So let's head over to Luang Prabang and meet Joe. Sabaidi Joe, how are you? Good morning, Rachna. I'm super good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Radio Up Up It's such a pleasure to have you um, here with us. So where are you right now? Are you at the Living Craft Center? I am. Yeah, I'm sitting on the banks of the Mekong. Um, it's a beautiful day. Oh, um, November is one of the most beautiful months in Laos. So it's kind of cool in the morning. The sun's coming out. Um, yeah, so we're gearing up for a beautiful day in Lom Prabang. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so today we're here to talk about the Village Weavers Project, which is one of Okpap Talk's most tangible achievements. And um, Laos, as you know, and maybe our listeners know, is a country full of remote valleys and high mountains, distant communities that are difficult to reach. Yet with this project, you've been able to create a market link and a social connection for many communities. Um, and there's an interesting story of how it all began that takes us back to the early, early days of Okpap Dok, when it was basically just you and Veo um, beginning to work together. So can you go back in time and tell us how Village Weaver projects got started? Yeah, 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 totally. So um, I think it was like back in 2002 and Val and I were in the shop 
and Lair was probably there too. And um, uh, a trader walked in and uh, unzipped her bag of textiles and this beautiful silk weaving kind of like tumbled out of the bag and um, Val looked at it and like fell off her chair and was like I've never seen anything like it and it was a sort of like six foot long really intricate supplementary weft um, weaving with a really decorative and beautiful ecat section in the middle and um, and Val was like, wow, 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 we definitely, you know, well, we, we didn't buy textiles from traders at, at the time. Um, we were very keen to just produce our own textiles. Anyway, Val saw this and she was like, wow, yeah, yeah, we've totally got to buy it. And I had read somewhere in a book um, that an anthropologist had said about Lao textiles that they're so unique and um um, typical of each different ethnicity that you can in fact trace a textile back to its origin to the person that made it and so I was like Val, 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 we should totally try and um, go and find the weaver that made this. Oh that's amazing. So yeah so we um, jumped in a car me, Lair, Val, and a couple of other friends from town. And we, we drove off to the northeast of Laos because we figured that's, that's the area that's really renowned for that type of weaving. Anyway, and we went to the local markets and we like showed everyone this textile and we were like, do you know which village, who made it? Anyway, 10 days later, we managed to find the sister of the lady that had made the textile and thus was born the Village Weavers Project because through that encounter with that, that lady's family and her village came about the idea to do sort of community collaborations and find a way to bring income back to directly to the village. So basically to cut out the trader um, and then to kind of start to, if you like, weave into that process the idea of slightly tweaking um, the design or the colorways to kind of fit this more east meets west market that we were that we had identified. Sorry, so, that was a long story. No, no, that's actually really fascinating. So, just to go back a little bit, the when you went to the northeast, this was Huapan province. Yes. am I correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. And so, was it? Um, some Nua or some Thai that you ended up? Uh... It was a village, um, let me think, to the, to the south, to the southwest of Sam Nua. Okay. On this so... beautiful, beautiful valley. I mean, it was quite a hair-raising drive to get to this village. Um, the, we could see that there was a huge storm about to roll in and we were, and the road was like perched pricky precariously uh, uh, over the river that formed the valley but the valley was beautiful like these rice fields you know just super green and beautiful and you really got a sense of like how people lived off the land um, in these you know very remote communities. I'd like to pause here to tell you a little bit about Lao geography. Laos is a landlocked country with a population of roughly 7 million people and over 49 officially recognized ethnic groups. 
The majority of people in Laos live in the countryside. Northern Laos is mountainous and heavily forested, with deep hidden valleys where ethnic groups like the Akka, Lantan, Oma, Hmong, and a number of groups under the Thai Kadai umbrella have ecked out a living in relative isolation. Southern Laos is less mountainous, with many broad valleys and plateaus, but the Kriang, Katu, and Putai groups here are no less isolated. So for a small nation with a relatively small population, Laos is culturally diverse and by extension has an incredibly rich and diverse textile and craft tradition. Across the ethnic groups in Laos, textiles represent an important form of communication. Within the woven threads, there are patterns, motifs, and images that preserve the folklore and cultural traditions of the country. Much of the inspiration comes from nature. Now let's talk a little bit about Joe and Veo's trip. They traveled north from Luang Prabang and then due east towards Huapan province, which is famous for its luminous silk and the intricate weaving techniques of the Tai Dang people. As they traveled, it was easy to see how nature inspired the stories and characters woven into textiles. Joe and Bear's journey took them through the dense jungles of Namet Pu Lui, home to elephants, tigers, and all sorts of wildlife. The dramatic clouds and misty mountains conjured images of spirits and beasts roaming the forest and floating in the heavens. Now let's hear Joe speak a little more about how the jungles and nature made their way into textiles. Totally, you can totally see like how these animist beliefs have um, incorporated their way into these textiles because, you know, people like you describe are living, you know, in the heart of like the jungle and valleys and mountains and mist and, you know, of course, there's Nagas living in the rivers and and half elephant, half um, lion creatures like roaming the jungle. Yeah, it's very imaginative and, and kind of glorious and also, you know, a little bit um, high adventure, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. I, I mean, if anyone, I encourage everybody to do that road trip. It's just mm -hmm. stunning. Joe and Beo's road trip to Huapan evolved into the first Village Weavers project and has become a model for finding new markets and raising income for Lao textiles. It's important to note, as Joe says, we're not teaching artisans how to weave. They're already experts. Today, we continue to collaborate with villages around Samnua to create what we call the Huapan Collection. I mean, the Huapan Collection is really about showcasing the finest workmanship that you can find in, in Laos in terms of like this particular type of silk weaving. And so basically we're just creating a platform of opportunity for these weavers to keep going with their traditional skills. I mean, you know, let's say the average price of a Huapan collection piece is like seven to eight hundred dollars. You know, not everybody can afford to buy that. But when we tell the story and we tell the story of the textile and the person that made it and what the motifs mean and all the work that went in, then one of the Opoktok customers can really um, appreciate all those things. And, you know, that's, very, that's a very different market that 
than these village communities normally have. You know, they're faced with trying to sell, you know, an intricate weaving to a trader who brings it to Lomprobang and then it will end up in the night market and there just isn't that level of appreciation there. So, yeah, this Huapan collection really, like, represents, like, the finest um, weaving skills and collection of motifs that depict, like, traditional and daily life. Do you hear the boat on the river? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. It's really nice. The other thing I wanted to mention also is that in addition to, you know, having pieces that are, like, $800 and up, one of the ways that you've made, whether it's Huapan, Aka, Lantan, Taikadai, Kriang, Katu, you know, whatever community you're working with, the the skills remain the same, but we do try and create a product line within the village that can appeal to different market sectors. And I think that's also important to note that we kind of are preserving the tradition and the and the techniques, but we're allowing consumers to collect, engage, support at whatever level they can do it at. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. And I think, you know, the other thing is about how it's all about adding value to what the artisan already does or the skill set that they already have. We're not necessarily training people how to weave or how to um, make a certain motif, if you like, mm -hmm. but it's about, you know, essentially finding them that uh, higher end market, which then in terms brings back a higher level of income to the village. Exactly. I mean, it's really, you know, our mission is about elevating the social status of weavers in Laos, you know, and, and many other things. But yeah, it's all about like, you know, kind of refining these skills and finding a place, a marketplace. How do you choose the villages you work with, Joe? So how do we choose a village? Well, Often we're approached by an NGO or a specific department of the government which has their own poverty alleviation mission. And so they're looking for private sector partners to help implement their strategies in reducing mm -hmm. poverty within a particular area. And so what they'll ask us to do, or what we will do anyway, is... Um, a value chain analysis. So we go to the specific village and we conduct a series of interviews to try and work out why the handicraft that was produced or is currently being produced is not working as an economically viable source of income for the weaver. And so from doing that survey, we're able to work out where we need to make an intervention to change that and turn it into a viable source of income. And so often that will look like um, a kind of a skills retraining program. So it could be about um, how, how to 
you know, let's say like a Tai Lu village, they're super skilled in dyeing with indigo, but they might have lost the art of how to dye with turmeric or other materials that can be found in the local environment. And so we'll reintroduce those skills and also show them that um, if they produce pieces that feature those natural dyes, that we can actually help them find a market for the pieces that they're going to weave. And because they feature so many more natural dyes, the, um, you know, the price that they charge for that piece can be higher. And therefore, you're finding the solution for bringing that viable source of income back to the village. So that's just one example. Right. So there's, there has to be kind of a, um, interest from the village side and then, you know, support from either our own work or for, from the government or an NGO who's looking to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, we basically, you know, we're, we're a, a largest organization, but we're also super small. Like we don't really have the resources to, you know, be out there looking for, villages and um, conducting these training programs as often as we would like. So, it, you know, this partnership really comes about by the request of another body. So that's how it's, that's how it's um, evolved over the years. Creating any type of product for market takes investment. One of the most important aspects of the Village Weavers project to note is that Okpoptok takes on the entire burden of investment. Once it's agreed that Okpoptok will collaborate with the village community, we provide all the raw materials and training to ensure that the quality and consistency of the finished product is excellent. Let's hear Joe explain further. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges for the village is how to make the shift from using, say, a synthetic silk thread to a hand-spun, naturally dyed silk thread when, you know, the price of the former is so much smaller than the organic, naturally dyed, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, of course, when you're, when you're, um, a village-based artisan with no access to market, you're going to choose the lower, the lower investment, you know, cost to yourself. So that's where we can come in and say, no, we'll supply you with the best quality materials, and um, and there, and then you can charge a much higher price for your finished item. Yeah. Does that make sense? It yeah, does. Okay. It does make complete sense. Um, okay, so now let's uh, move on to how we can get our hands on some of these beautiful things from the village. Um, COVID, of course, has had, had an impact not just in Luang Prabang, but also across the countryside. And to reinforce Okpop Talk's mission of connection and community and giving village artisans a source of direct income, Okpoptok is hosting a village market in the next couple of weeks um, on November 28th and 29th, um, kind of like a Talat Sauban sort of thing. Um, can you give us a little idea what you have planned and how somebody who's not in Luang Prabang may be able to participate? Mm, oh, we're so excited for this event. So basically, yeah, we're going to bring as many of our village weaver artisan groups to Luang Prabang for around four to five days 
And this is a great opportunity for us to reconnect with the village, um, kind of first-hand monitor what the impact of COVID has been. Although we, we know from our conversations that, of course, there's so little um, income through handicrafts coming back to the village now. Um, but anyway, so the ladies are going to come and we're going to have a marketplace at our living craft centre. And, um, and we're super excited to offer a virtual experience of this event through um, live. We're going to do a live slow TV. Um, actually, we were just um, part of the Selvage World Fair, so we're kind of using a lot of the ideas that, um, that they incorporated into their um, marketplace. Um, so we'll do a live Instagram TV, there will be live Facebook, you'll be able to dial in and get like a tour with like St. Jan or Moonoy. Um, Bam just had a baby, so I don't think she'll be around. And um, yeah, there's lots of um, lots of different things planned for the weekend from like demonstrations, online classes, um, and shopping. So um, yeah, the, the ladies are gonna arrive four to five days before, so that will give us a chance to photograph their, what they're bringing and then to put them those items up on the website. And then we'll have a, um, like a category within the shop that really feat that specifically features the items that the ladies are bringing for this event. Oh, wonderful. And then I really think that we should encourage people to sign up for Facebook if they haven't to follow us on Instagram because we'll be doing live feeds throughout and to also share with their friends. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. if anybody is um, missing, you know, the sense of travel or you know, the experience of like meeting new people when you travel and that kind of thing, then I think this will be a very nice opportunity to have a virtual, a virtual holiday over the weekend. Yes, and I completely agree. And, um, and I think also one thing I know that, you know, a lot of people always want to know, like what sort of impact has Village Weavers Project had on the communities and on, on the artisans. And I think we'll hear firsthand from many of these ladies visiting exactly how it's helped them and and how their lives have improved and, and how their kind of sense of being an artisan has really promoted a sense of well-being, if you will, you know, and confidence in in Lao culture and their culture. Definitely, definitely. We're super excited to welcome back to Long Prabang um, Mrs. Cam, who was the Lantern mm -hmm. lady that attended the Tinkui in Peru in, was it 2018, 17? I don't oh, remember. Wonderful. But um, uh, that was an event hosted in Cusco. And so, anyway, she's coming back to Long Prabang. And well, thank you so much, Joe. This has been a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm sure all our listeners have really enjoyed hearing directly from you about Village Weavers projects and what lies ahead. And it was great to have a chat together. Yeah, for sure. Rachna, thank you so much. We um, we look forward to seeing you back in Lomprabang once we can get you yeah. down the river from Chiang Mai.
I know. I know for all of you who are listening, I'm in Chiang Mai, but my heart and soul is right on the Mekong there, right at the Living Craft Center. So soon, soon. Right, soon, soon. Okay. All right, my dear. Take care. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. And this brings us to the end of another episode. If you'd like to get your hands on any of the artisan textiles from the Village Market Fair, please check out the link in the description of this episode. And take a look at Okpaptok's online shop to purchase fabulous scarves, home linens, and accessories created through our Village Weavers project. Thank you everyone for listening in, and I'll see you next week. Bye!